Welcome to episode two of String and Sling with Stonebreaker Archery. I'm your host, Jesse, and today we're going to be talking about how to keep your setup simple. Um, this came to me as a request from one of my Facebook friends, and as he worded it, how to keep your setup simple, how to avoid the pitfalls of promising new gadgets that promise you success. Well, this is a tricky subject, especially one in which when you're in a business such as this and you're doing a podcast, you're trying to to get your name out there and get known. So here's my deal. I say I have sponsors and and when I'm talking about sponsors, uh, you'll hear more towards the end about some of my sponsors that I'm calling sponsors for this uh, podcast. When I'm selecting a sponsor, it's not a sponsor seeking me out, wanting something to do with my podcast, get their name out there. Yes, of course, that does happen, but I am very adamantly, I stand behind my sponsors. My sponsors are selected by me, and I will gladly pass over a sponsor that's offering $100,000 a year to be a part of my show in lieu of a sponsor whom I have chosen, owes me nothing, is giving me nothing, but is putting something out there that I respect, something that I view as a use in is in fitting with my vision of the painting of what the future of archery is. So, to get on subject here, really, how do you avoid this pitfall of the new gadget that's going to help you shoot like you've never shot before? Well, to start with, what I encourage most people to do is simply this. You're using a stick and a string. I have gone to many 3D archery tournaments and see the guys with their new flashy compounds. It costs a thousand plus dollars coming off of a production line and I can sling an arrow at this many feet per second, I've got this sight that compensates for this, helps me level, make sure I'm a good shot. Well, it's a machine. You're using a machine. You're using a very complex machine to basically do something that I have taught myself to be the string. I like walking into those conversations and they're like, oh yeah, well I'm using this and this and this and this and and I get to walk into that conversation and I get to be like, yep, I use a stick and a string. Sometimes there's a pointy rock on the end of it. <laughs> you know, it, it, uh, it it's usually a, a bit of a, a conversation that follows on after that and of course I harass them about training wheels, which... Don't get me wrong. I have nothing against guys that use a compound bow. I, I have nothing against any hunter out there. Uh, get out there. Get hunting. Do your part. Get people involved with hunting. That's what needs to happen right now. So, be it crossbow, be it compound bow, rifle, muzzleloader, flintlock, I don't care. 
get your butt in the woods and go hunting. Now, as far as these promising new gadgets, so as traditionalists, we generally speaking don't have a whole bunch of issues with the promising new gadgets. Uh, compounds tend to fall into it. There is a few that come out that it's kind of mm, not really useful for us as traditionalists. Um, I'm not going to call any names out on this, but I've definitely seen a few products out there that are coming out trying to hook a traditionalist that I don't really agree with. What is needed to be a traditional shooter? Well, you need a bow. You need a bowstring. You need arrows. That's pretty much the bare minimum equipment that you're going to get away with. Now, me, for instance, I do use finger protection. I do use an arm guard. I do have a quiver. They're not required gadgets, but they are things that make my shooting and hunting experience slightly more enjoyable than me just carrying a fistful of arrows and a bow. So, I've seen it time and time again. Um, it always comes up, well, what bow is getting what speed? Here's one of the keys in avoiding the pitfall. Avoid the speed conversation. Speed is nice. Don't get me wrong. Having a fast arrow is great. But any day, I will take a quiet shot over speed. Speed is great. It, it is one of the factors that goes into calculating momentum for our arrows. So, it's kind of tricky, but I'm not about a fast arrow. I'm not about anything out there that is just going to scream an arrow down the lane. I'm more about when I pick up that bow and I let my shot off, this is what you hear. And that's perfectly fine by me. So, stay away from the speed conversation. Um, yes, by all means, get your speeds. It's a useful number when you're calculating things. Um, there is a push for a group of traditionalists out there that they want a faster bow. They want a faster bow. They want a faster bow. They want a fast bow with 10 grains per pound. And it's great. I'm, I'm glad they're doing it. These are the guys that are helping to lay that foundation of what the future is going to be. However, speed is not everything. Um, again, we'll come around into another hot topic that I see out there. FOC. If you've never heard the term FOC, what it's talking about is... Moving the center of gravity for your arrow forward of center. So the fletchings being towards you, the point being forward, the fletchings back. What, you're, what they're trying to do is move that FOC forward of the center of the arrow. They're trying to move that, that, that center of gravity forward of center. So... There is 
many studies out there, many, many, many studies out there on FOC. I generally tend to find, uh, specifically for how I shoot, the FOC that I gain simply by installing a nice heavy point works for me. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. You need more FOC, less FOC. That's great. I'm just saying for what I hunt and how I shoot, the FOC that I gain by installing a nice heavy point, it works for me. And it's going to be a big, big, big topic that you're going to hear out of all of my podcasts. You have to do what's right for you in archery meaning there is things that you can do help clean up uh, improve your shooting improve your grouping there's many things that can be done to help you improve in those areas and it's highly highly recommend find yourself a coach find a mentor get out there find someone who can help you with this stuff Now, um, your style is your style, and that's just what it is. Uh, There's a big difference between technique and style. Um, Mediterranean, split finger, that is a technique. It's not a complete style. It's a release. It's a method of holding, drawing, and releasing your arrow that is not your complete style. Your complete style involves the rest of your body and how it is in correlation with your bow. So, if you get a gadget that promises that it's just going to complete your style and it's just going to be the best thing since sliced bread, you should be quite weary of it. How I've avoided most of these pitfalls is, well, in my last podcast you guys heard me talk about Kansas. Kansas is not a center cut bow. It's just a bamboo-backed Osage bow with a bulbous handle, cow horn tips made in the Dean Torges style. It's actually quite primitive in its style that it's built in. Now, the quiver that I have for that bow, I laid out a pattern, I showed my wife what I wanted, and she sat down at the sewing machine and helped me sew it. And it's just kind of a, it's an offtake of a Oatsy quiver mixed with a plain style quiver. And it works great for that bow. And that's how I intend to carry the arrows for that bow for the rest of my life. I also have a couple of Creekwalker trading quivers. Um, they're built by Donnie Wilkerson. He makes a fantastic laminated bell style quiver. If you haven't seen him, please go check him out. Donnie Wilkerson is a fantastic person and makes an outstanding product. And I have no issues putting my backing behind him. I also own a a two-piece quiver made by uh, Bo Collins, who runs Dreammaker Leatherworks. I have not used this quiver yet, outside of I strapped it on a bow to test it out. I have not carried a single arrow in it yet. There's a story that goes with that. Uh, I have a... So, I have a bow coming from Sock Trail Archery. It's a it's a very near and dear bow to my heart. So, as many of you know, having talked to me, um, 
I, I've had a relatively long career in the Army. Um, I've deployed a few times. I've seen some combat. I lost a lot of friends. I lost about 18 friends. So what I did is I went and I had ID tags made up for my friends and shipped them off to uh, Mike Dreifout over there at Sock Trail. And I wanted them cast in, in a riser. And uh, I was going to have the bow built by someone else. Well, getting to look at Sock Trail a little bit more, they had a model called the Kenyu. Super short longbow. I, I'm a longbow guy. Um, I do have recurves. I've shot many recurves. Uh, my heart lies in a longbow. I just love the way they look and the way they feel. So I wound up in the process of mailing stuff off to him. You know, I asked Mike Roberts and Mike Dreifout if, if they would just build a Kenyu with this resin riser that they were casting for me. And, well, they'd never cast a resin riser and build a Kenyu with it yet, so mine was going to be the, the test model, I guess. So they cast these ID tags in this resin riser, and I had a simple request of it was going to be Purple Heart and Osage for the general makeup of the bow, uh, Purple Heart is very significant to us in the military because it's the award that's given when you're wounded in combat. And since this is a memorial-style bow for my friends that I've lost, it was important. I, I wanted to see, in some part, the Purple Heart in it. I wanted to see it signified for them. So, this is that point where it's not really a gadget. It is a luxury to have this this resin riser. And to me, they look fantastic. So this one has hooked me fully. Um, I have not seen the bow yet. Uh, like I said, Bow Collins made me a quiver specifically for that bow. So it's got the Soldier's Cross on it. I have not seen that bow yet. Cannot stress that enough. I have not seen the bow yet. The first time I will see that bow is the 20, 26th of January. It'll be the first day that I'm at the show in Kalamazoo. So I get to see it on the 26th, or yeah, on the 26th for the first time. Um, there will be a, a Facebook live feed for that. I get to get it. At the same time as I, I'm meeting Mike Dreifout and Mike Roberts for the same time, I get to receive my bow. And it'll be the, also, coincidentally, the first time that I meet Bo Collins. So these guys poured their heart into this. And they just, it, it still makes me emotional, even just thinking about this bow. It, it's it's going to be monumental for me. Now, all of that aside, it's, is it a gadget? Yes, it's a gadget. Yes, I have, I guess, fallen into a, a pitfall almost with it, but not really. It's not a gadget. It's an aesthetic appeal. They're not promising me that I'm going to shoot this bow better than anyone else. Um, They're not promising that... It's going to do something for me that no other bow in my life has done. What they are promising me is a bow that is going to memorialize my friends and 
that's exactly what I ask them for. So, in going out, and you're, you're going to see it, if you come out to Kalamazoo, by all means, I'm probably going to be hanging out at the Salk Trail booth quite a bit. Um, and even as a, a producer of some of these gadgets, like my bow fishing spool. Do you need it? No. Am I promising you it's the greatest product ever and it's just going to make your, your heart sing with bow fishing? No, I, I don't promise that. Um, there is products out there that are going to promise you, you know, you're, you're just, you won't shoot right without these string silencers on your bow. And it, it's just not true. Um, it It's like scent control for hunting. There's many products out there that promise you that you are going to be absolutely dead in the woods. Nothing whatsoever is going to smell you. I hate to break it to them. That's just not true. It's going to help mask your scent, but it's not going to make you invisible. So also, uh, there's no camouflage that's just going to flat turn you invisible in the woods. Is it going to help break up your pattern and make you disappear? Yeah. Another big part of that is you could just sit down and sit still. Uh, Fred Bear was notorious for saying that if if you go hunting, you should go out. The best camouflage ever is sit down and sit still. Your grandfather was out there in red plaid and blue jeans killing deer. And it, for a large part of it, that's true. So, there is things out there that absolutely work, and I, I, I can't knock a quality product. There's tree stands out there that work absolutely fantastic. This year is actually my first year that I spent my year hunting out of a blind, and I saw a lot of game. Unfortunately, I didn't get a deer to come within range of my blind this year where I could take a shot and was legal to shoot that deer. So... I didn't get a deer this year. What I did get is I got a couple of raccoons, a bunch of porcupines, took a, quite a few swipes at some squirrels because the opportunity was there. But it, it was a great year hunting for me. Um, tabs, gloves, I just so happen, I'm a glove shooter. I don't really care for tabs. Uh, one of my best friends, Dylan, he... He shoots with a tab. I got him a tab from Bo Collins, and he absolutely loves that tab to death. It matches the arm guard that he got from Bo perfectly. It It's fantastic. It's just, it's, he loves it to death, and I am so happy that I got it for him because really it just, it makes him enjoy the sport that much more. I just so happen I'm a glove shooter. I like my glove. There's, absolutely nothing wrong with a tab other than I just I don't find it to be my style so find something that works for you and stick with it um, you kind of have to find your own path in archery you have to find your own path period no matter what happens because if you try to live your life like someone else's you're going to fall short, and you're going to shortchange yourself. And you should live your archery game the same way. You have to do...
do things for yourself. You have to walk your own path with archery because if you don't, you're going to fall short and you're going to shortchange yourself in the end. Um, there's guys out there who m make a big deal of shooting like Howard Hill and shooting in Howard Hill style, and that's fantastic. I I'm glad they're trying to master that. For me personally, I shoot in my style. And what is my style? Well, I don't really know. It's it's just the way that I I shoot. I have taken things from Kyudo. I have taken things from mounted archery. I have taken things from Korean archery. I have taken things from American style archery. I even picked up a little bit from Howard Hill. Uh, my teacher, Alois, he, he liked Howard Hill and liked a lot of his style, the push-pull method of draw. And there's a large part of me in certain shots that you will see me take if you follow me on Facebook and uh, eventually here on my YouTube channel. You'll get to see that you know, I I have quite an eclectic style. I absorb techniques from a lot of different places, and I put them into play for how I shoot. So, one thing that I encourage you guys to do is, by all means, you should look at these gadgets. Um, if you're a pretty pure traditionalist like myself, go to Dick's, go to go to any one of these places, walk around. Take a look at some of the stuff that they're selling for compounds. It is, I I find it utterly ridiculous what they will sell and try to get you hooked on. Uh, little pieces of rubber that wrap around your bow and look like barbed wire. I I really to this to this very moment I still have no idea what those are supposed to do. And yet again, look around. Um, if you're in the right place, the the local shop near you may have carbon arrows that are fletched with feathers, which is fantastic. I have nothing against anyone that shoots carbon arrows. Lord knows I, I've shot a few carbon arrows myself. Um, but generally speaking, I shoot natural material arrows. Alois invested a lot of time in me in teaching me to make and shoot natural material arrows, i.e. bamboo, either in the solid style or the shoot style, ash arrows, northern pine, uh, cedar. You know, he taught me a lot about making these arrows, and through my own practice and trials and tribulation, I figured out a lot more than what I could ever be taught by someone, because some things you're just, you're not going to learn until you do it yourself. So, Get out there, experience things. Uh, if you want to learn to make a string, probably the easiest way to make a string is to get yourself a, a Flemish twist board or a continuous loop jig and learn that way. That's not the way that I learned. I learned to measure them out and cut them by hand from Alois, and that's what he taught me. Now, since I have transitioned to, I use a Flemish twist board where it pre-measures my string. Uh, I built the board, found some plans on the internet, built the board, and it works great. Fantastic. I can turn out uh, quite a few of the same length string in a relatively short period of time. So, not all gadgets are bad. I have to say that not all of these gadgets are bad. Um, there's a particular device out there made by Jerry Hill. He calls it the Natural Release 
Um, I don't really know a whole bunch about it. I've gone on his Facebook. I've watched some videos. I read about it a little bit. And generally speaking, would it be useful in my kit? Not, not really. But I could see how it could be useful in some of our aging archers. How they suffer from uh, rheumatoid arthritis or had an injury. You know, and their their fingers aren't working properly. So I I can see that being useful to to a certain crowd or a a certain group of people that are suffering from these ailments. And like I said, if you guys are out there, you'll see at Kalamazoo there's going to be a little bit of everybody selling a little bit of everything. Um, I personally have never been. This is my first trip to Kalamazoo. However, I've talked to people that have been there, and you'll see people who sell a little bit of everything. And if you find something that really tickles your fancy out there, you should go for it. But if you're just out there collecting gear, I did the the same exact thing when I was a new archer. It was, you know, everyone was selling the gospel of archery, and I had to get out there and get everything that I could because... Well, I just needed it. The fact of the matter is, is I didn't need it, and I still don't need it. Some things are nice to have. Some things make it more enjoyable for me to get out there and enjoy myself. And that's, generally speaking, that's what I'm I'm getting at now, is I've pared my collection down to the things that I know that I need to make it enjoyable for me. If you are that person that has to collect all this gear and that's what makes them happy by all means keep collecting make yourself happy do anything that you have to do to find enjoyment in our sport um there is there is stuff out there that people collect that really is not very useful at all in traditional archery and it's not it's not bad if you're a collector if you're collecting something to collect it by all means, do it. Um, I personally have a collection of bows. I have two gloves, two arm guards, three quivers, and literally buckets full of arrows that I've made. But I'm also, like I said, I'm that guy. I'm selling one of these gadgets, and I'm not telling you, run right out and buy my gadget. Uh, it's very, very niche. Um... If it's not your niche, then you're not going to buy it. So, however, there is a, a good portion of me that says, you know, yes, I want you to buy my stuff, but at the same time, I, I can't promise you that you're going to arrow a bunch of fish just because you're using my spool. And then, you know, talking about new stuff, um... I'm looking at these these solid bamboo arrows that I've been playing with lately. Really, no one here in America has done a whole bunch with it. Um, I found, found out from another Facebook group member about these solid bamboo arrows, and it got me to go out looking for them. So, that was kind of one of the gimmicks with it, where... I wanted to check it out and see if there was actually any substance behind these solid bamboo shafts. So I got out and uh, 
you know, I, I ordered some that got here and I figured out, you know, there, there's really some substance there. So I'm willing to throw my backing behind some solid bamboo arrows. So, like I said, not all gadgets are bad. Get out there, look at them, and you should be reasonably sure that if a gadget's promising that you're going to improve tenfold in your archery just by using it, you should be leery. Alright, so sponsors. Let's talk about sponsors real quick. I told you guys in the beginning that my sponsors, the ones that I'm calling my sponsors, aren't necessarily sending me anything to test out. Uh, they're not... They're not financially engaged with me in any way, shape, or form. So, basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick out sponsors ahead of time for my podcasts. And it's really just to kind of get the word out there about these different people out there that are doing things that I find to be pretty great and outstanding in the archery community. So, my first sponsor that I want to talk about, you guys have heard me talk about him before. It's Matt Fout, White Feather Archery. Listen, here's the deal with Matt. Matt's an old school guy. He likes to have telephone conversations with people. Matt is not the guy that you want to send an email. By all means, you can send him an email. Um, but... His mainstay, his business, the way he likes to conduct himself is you make a phone call, Matt will take your order, and Matt will get your order out there. He's a really quick shipper. He has a pretty fantastic business going for himself. So hop online, go check him out, run a Google search for White Feather Archery. He pops up. Um... By all means, if you're one of my friends, hop in my friends list and find Matt Fout. It's M-A-T-T-F-O-U-T. Matt Fout. Cannot stress this enough. He's just a great guy to do business with. And he has some really stellar stuff that he has down there. My next sponsor that I really want to talk about to you guys with, like I said in the last episode, uh, you've heard me talk about these guys before, is Sock Trail Archery. I cannot stress this enough, you guys. If you have not looked at what they're doing, you need to start looking. Specifically, on their resin risers, uh, I have seen where they have started shipping their resin risers to a bunch of different makers, guys that are out there making these one-off customs. Absolutely beautiful. Just beautiful. I have yet to see a resin riser that I did not like and was like, wow, I could own that. So, check them out. Check out Sock Trail Archery. Hit up Mike Dreifout. Hit up Mike Roberts. They are, the, the pair of them, they're just, they're, they're killing it right now. Uh, another sponsor out there that I would like to talk to and give a shout out to is Bob Sarles, Sarles Archery. I bought a Sarles Archery Sawtooth a while back. Uh, basically, I just told Bob, Listen, uh, I want whatever you build. That That's my bottom line. I just want what you build. I want it around 50-ish pounds. So I waited my time. My sawtooth showed up. It was 49 pounds. Of course, Bob had called me ahead of time and said, Hey, 
This thing came in at 49 pounds. It didn't make the 50. I understand if you don't want it. And I was, you know, I was like, nope, I want it. I said 50-ish, 49. It's one pound difference. I want the boat. So I got the boat, and I have been pleasantly surprised with that bow ever since. It's a really quiet shooter, and I absolutely love it. Now, in saying that, uh, there's Makota Johnson out there who she shoots a Sarles Archery Sawtooth, and she won several titles this year through the IBO shoots. Um, if you don't know about her, go check her out. She is the Longbow Shop and Show, Show and Shop. I, I can never remember how it is. However, get out there, find her. She's a fantastic person, great shooter. Her shop is pretty cool. They do a lot of Renaissance Fair type stuff, and she's just a cool person. And yet again, check out Bob Sarles. Bob builds an extremely nice bow. So, with all this said and done... I am coming to the close of my show. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening. And for all of you out there who encouraged me to do this and keep going with this, I thank you. So, thanks for listening. Uh, By the time you guys hear this, I should be well on my way to getting on with my night and my kids. So, thank you guys for watching. You have been a fantastic audience so far, and as always, keep your bowstrings waxed.